Good evening, good evening, good evening, everybody. This is Pastor Jay with Anointed Radio. And like always, we're going to start in normal fashion. In normal fashion is this. We're going to come from a scripture and a pray, and do a prayer. Our scripture this evening is Isaiah chapter 40 and 29. It says, he gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. We are strong in God. Even when we're weak, even in our weakest points, as soon as you go to God, he will increase your strength. He will give you that rest you need, that peace you need. But you got to go to God. Stop putting yourself, putting things in the forefront. Put God in the forefront and he will take care of your needs. Amen. Amen. Dear Father God, we just thank you, God. We thank you, God, for bringing us here to today. To bring us through the week, whatever week we had, God, we just give you all the, the glory. We give you all the praise for being able to keep us, to be able to help us, to be able to uplift us in the times that we needed you. So, God, we ask you to bless everybody under the sound of my voice that something be said today, that they could be able to say, I learned something, that I was able to get an experience, to be able to say, what can I do to be saved? Let wisdom, let knowledge, let's something that is needed for someone's purpose today be said god so god we just ask you to let us be able to reach the unreachable teach the unteachable and even touch the person with the most hardest heart to be able to desire to have a relationship with you god enlarge the territory of anointed radio god to be able to go to new new broadcasts new airwaves new platforms to be able to reach new regions new countries new areas new people so that they could be able to see you and know that the platform stands on the foundation of you god so god we just thank you we glorify you we give you all the glory and all the praise and we say that all in jesus precious name amen 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 it's pastor jay and like always i got something to say and what i got to say is this you can follow me on anointed jaylon on all social media platforms facebook twitter um instagram youtube uh clubhouse you can follow me on all those social media platforms you'll get the moment of thoughts you get my prayers you'll get some uh words of encouragement if you follow me i'm telling you, you'll learn something you'll hear something that will motivate and encourage you so make sure you can follow me on all those social media platforms and if you want any of the music that i have created inspired by god you could be able to follow uh follow all of my music platforms on all the music digital streaming platforms look up pastor jaylon j-a-y-l-o-n calhoun on all those streaming platforms for the jesus you make me happy renew my praise my team reps jesus wake up bless and slip away latest 
song, or you could go to Vivo on um, YouTube and look up my team rep Jesus and um, renew my praise for those official music videos. With that being said, um, going to talk about some of my hosts that are in absence. In absence, we have everybody's favorite auntie, Dr. Marvinetta Clay, where you could be able to follow her at drmarvinettaclay.com or her social media of Clay Marvinetta or Marvinetta Clay or Worship for Everyone, which is her business where she makes all custom T-shirts, tumblers, uh, dominoes. She made me some custom Raider dominoes. You know, they could never say that those dominoes are somebody else because they were specially made for me. So if you want something that is ideal, she can make something for you. So with that being said, make sure you go follow her and check out her music on all streaming platforms. Uh, Worship Forever, the EP with I Fly Away, Worship Forever, I Thank God, all of those good musical tracks. Go follow Dr. Marvinetta Clay. We, another person we have is Benzel Washington. You could be able to go follow him at Benzel underscore Washington uh, dot period 93. Um, where he repping the 90s babies and he has a podcast with his wife, uh, tucking in the kids to sleep. I think I'm saying it wrong, but go follow him. You can see all his social media platforms and be able to support him. And if you have not, before I bring all of our guests on, um, our guests and our co-hosts on, I want you to make sure that you share, like, and subscribe. If you're on YouTube, on my YouTube people, make sure you hit that bell so that you could be notified every time that our show goes live and like it, show a comment, share, tell somebody, tell your mama, tell your auntie, tell your cousins. All my Facebook people, make sure you like the page, share the post, sh uh, share it to groups, add it to groups, all these things. Make it your story. Anointed Radio is on live and well. We're going to have a great show today. So I want you to make sure that you share, like, and subscribe. And if you have not, make sure you download the Anointed Radio app for 24-hour gospel, Las Vegas' number one gospel station. With that being said, I'm bringing up my co-host. I got the prophetess. If you did not know, her, her show debuted on Thursday. So every Thursday, you can be able to see her show, Forever in Creations. You see Miss Brittany Marley. She has a show, Brittany Talk, and she has Testimony Tuesdays. So make sure you go follow her on her off seasons when she's not on the show. And make sure you follow Boss Barbie, where she has a Check Rock, her nonprofit for mental health awareness. And she's always in these sports streets, making sure that you have all the latest updates for sports. So make sure you go check out her Twitter and all those good things. But with that being said, I'll let you hear from them themselves. But I had to introduce them today so y'all know what they be doing because y'all be, be feeling like y'all sleeping on them. They got some great ministries outside Anointed Radio. So y'all need to follow all of what we do, not just Anointed Radio. With that being said, we got Prophetess. We're going to start with you. Hi, I'm Prophetess Tish. Follow me on Instagram, fervently.creations. You can follow me on Facebook, Tish Year. Uh, I'll be in the clubhouse streets, Prophetess Tish. Also, I have a book coming up next uh, in a few weeks, next month, September 6th, one, focusing on mental health mindsets trapped behind enemy lines in my mind. So please be on the lookout for that, which you can find on, you will be able to find on my website at www.fervenlycreations.com. Bar, boss Barbie, I pass the mic to you. 
Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, this your girl, Boss Barbie. Uh, make sure y'all following me on Instagram and Twitter on my personal pages. Uh, but I have started revamping my business pages. So because it's the school season and uh, we need to make sure we in the school and make sure we connecting with the kids. So make sure y'all follow the Instagram and the Twitter for Check Rock. Uh, the Instagram is check.rock. And then the Twitter is check underscore underscore rock. So, yeah, uh, make sure y'all keep putting the message out there. We got some new merch coming. Uh, I've been uh, talking to some schools about doing some uh, speaking engagements and everything. And, you know, we stay tapped in with the youth uh, in the sports world and everything. But we trying to touch them kids who don't play sports because those are the ones who need us the most as well. So, yeah, make sure y'all spreading the word. What's up, everybody? I'm Brittany Marley, and you can find me on Instagram at I am Brittany Marley, where you can see all things Brittany Talk since Pastor Jay put it out there for me. And you can, I, I, I peep that. <laughs> you can also find me at Testimony Tuesday with Brittany and Kelly.blogspot.com. We are in season three. Yes. Um, so check us out. <laughs> and with that being said, make sure you go follow, support, and um, it's great for us Christians. Let me, let's, let's break this down out there. I'm going to break the ice real early. It's great for Christians to be able to support each other. Um, we're, we're not here to tear each other down or compete. You know, it is very important for Christians to support each other's ministries because you never know when you might need that ministry or it, you might need it for a personal reason or a collective reason. So with that being said, make sure it costs you nothing. We didn't even do the complete the collection plate or nothing. We're just asking you to support, share like, subscribe, follow some people. You might learn something. You might hear something. You might be going through something and you never know what might encourage you that day. So with that being said, make sure you share, like, subscribe. And we have our guest today. We have Mr. Bob. Bob, I, I, I definitely was excited to have him on here. I consider him as a gospel historian. Like he has a lot of knowledge about gospel from the originality of it. He's been featured. He has books. He's um, been featuring documentaries and it was great to be able to have him on the platform. So I'm going to let him introduce himself where you can follow him and all those good things. Everybody, Mr. Bob. Hello. Hello, Pastor Jay. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on the show. It's a hello to all your co-hosts. And uh, this is a this is a tough act to follow. There's some great, <laughs> great ministries out there. So thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm Bob Maravich, Journal of Gospel Music, Editor-in-Chief. have my own radio show, Gospel Memories, on WLUW every Saturday morning from 10 to 11. And uh, yeah, Gospel Music Historian uh, is what I do. All right. Amen. That, and, and it's simple like that. So make sure you go follow and check him out. You'll learn some things. You'll be able to understand um, a, a lot of where things came from because there's always an origin story mm -hmm. and it's important to be able to see it. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead because I know Boss Barbie's excited. She's always excited for her segment. <laughs> and then after we have Boss Barbie, we're going to follow up with Miss Brittany Marley and with this or that. We're going to go into the interview because there's so much to unpack and, and to hear. And I, I just want to come to learn. I'm not going to lie to nobody. I'm, I'm not going to probably hear from me much today because I really want to learn more because Bob 
has a wealth of knowledge. And I want to come to learn today. So with that being said, we have Miss Boss Barbie with sports updates. Yeah, man, Las Vegas, y'all already know, there's so many sports going on in the city right now. But uh, before we get to the professionals, let's just shout out the UNLV Rebels. The football team is getting ready to kick off their season in two weeks. We got to make sure we out there supporting them and everything. I know they lost a lot of close games last night or last year, so their record does not reflect how talented this team really is. But make sure y'all put that in the past and come out and support because it's a whole new season. We got some new players, new coaching staff, new athletic directors. Like the UNLV whole Rebels athletic organization is changing every day. So make sure y'all going out and supporting these future professional athletes because, hey, when they get to the pro level, y'all want to know who they was and y'all want to be able to say that y'all been watching them their whole entire career. So, yeah, make sure y'all supporting. Um, so we're we'll, we going to start it off with the Vegas Golden Knights. They got some terrible news. Our all-star championship level goalie Robin Lehner is out for the entire season. Uh, he has had hip surgery. So um, we will not be seeing him this year. And he was a huge key piece. Uh, if y'all don't know, we traded for him. Uh, we traded Flurry for him. And uh, yeah, um, we're we not really seeing the payout yet when, with all these big trades and moves that the, the Golden Knights have made in order to go, go over that championship hump. But, you know, the injury bug bit us last year. It's looking like it's trying to get us early this year. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that the Golden Knights are going to figure out a way to turn things around and get on the level of the rest of the Vegas sports <laughs> Because we all the all the Vegas sports right now are at championship levels. And Pastor Jay, I know you are excited about the old the Las Vegas Raiders, who literally just blew out Jacksonville in their first preseason game. And you've already And that was second string. I want everybody to know if anybody come out there, it was second string. Just think about what first string would do. Yeah. First string did not play. Derek Carr, uh, Devontae Adams didn't play. And Waller is actually dealing with an injury himself. So, you know, yeah, we didn't get a lot of the first stringers in that first preseason game. But second and third string came out there, scored the first three possessions, made Jacksonville punt their first couple possessions, forced a fumble and everything. Like the Raiders got some people on this team that are willing to play and wait for their time to shine. And, hey, they, they looking real dangerous. Uh, they have a preseason game tomorrow. And I know Pastor Jay is so excited because he said he's going to be there. I'll be there. We're beating the Vikings. Just, just had to put that out there. The Vikings is also another team that, you know, has went through a lot of different ch coaching changes as well. So, you know, they got a new offense and everything like that. They all excited. But we got Josh McDaniels. Not only did he just buy a $5 million house out there in Vegas to let everybody know he's staying. But, you know, he he's coming in with a fresh mind fresh mindset along with our new president and everything like things things are great in the in the Raiders organization so if you're a Raiders fan you got a lot to be excited about um moving on to our ladies 
the Las Vegas Aces. We are literally one game away from finishing our regular season. And let's let me just tell y'all how last week went. So Tuesday, we played against the Atlanta Dream, a team that beat us on our own court by like 20 the last time we was at home. We've been on the road for a while. You know, we got some wins on the road and everything like that. But we wanted to come home and send the message that we are ready for the playoffs, that we not losing. We want the number one seed. And that's exactly what happened. We got the number one seed because we won on Tuesday and the Sky lost to Seattle. And then the Sky came to our house on Thursday and we put the smack down on them again. So we got the number one seed locked in. Uh, we play Sue Bird and the Seattle Storm tomorrow in her last regular season game coming to Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, the Seattle Storm are in the playoffs, so it's a chance we might see them again. But it's going to be a very special moment in Las Vegas to honor the great Sue Bird. She, you, everyone knows what she's done for women's basketball and everything. And, you know, it's just going to be a whole different type of atmosphere tomorrow. The Aces definitely want this win, though, because, I mean, what better way to spoil Sue Bird's farewell than to send her home with an L as well? You know? That's harsh. That's harsh. <laughs> People have already put it out there like, hey, we love you, Sue, but we want this win. So, <laughs> hey, you know, that's what happens when you're in that championship mentality. You know, you can have all the hugs and the cries after the game, but we need this win. So, yes, uh, make sure y'all checking out the Las Vegas Aces tomorrow. I have not heard anything about the Raiders game or the Las Vegas Aces game being canceled due to all the rain and the flooding that is happening out there. But, um, hey, you know, just make sure y'all stay following me because I'm going to have it all anyway. Um, and make sure y'all follow my photographer on Off The Land Productions on YouTube. He has all the visuals in the huddle he getting the shoe cam he's getting pictures of everybody like we get a lot of love when we go to these aces games and he's he's making it visible he's showing you how much love we really get so make sure y'all following him as well shout out to aaron he's been doing a great job this is his first year with us and he has not disappointed at all he makes your girl look great you know <laughs> you know so it's been it's been great. It's been great working with him, and he's definitely provided an experience. Whether I'm at the game physically or not, you can't even tell because it's still the same vibe. So mm -hmm. make sure y'all following him. And last but not least, we are going to talk about the Aviators because we got some more of the players that got lifted up to the major leagues. Um, starting with our pitcher, J.P. Sears, he got called up by the Yankees. So, hey, I, I'm telling y'all, the Aviators definitely had some, some firepower on their team this year. Uh, they've been in Tacoma all week on the road. Uh, they, they're splitting the wins right now. They both tied it two and two. And, uh, you know, the Aviators just continue to, you know, stay relevant, you know, when it comes down to all the sports in Vegas. They're still putting on the show. They won the game uh, on Tuesday where they scored like six runs in one inning to win that game. Mm -hmm. So I'm telling y'all, there's some sluggers out there. So make sure y'all checking them out. 
Make sure y'all supporting all the Vegas sports. I know I ain't talked about the Desert Dogs and everything. We see y'all. We see y'all the things that y'all doing. XFL is coming to Las Vegas. More football. Another football team is coming. You know, and we already know the Oakland A's are moving to Las Vegas. Our Major League Soccer team is on the way. And y'all know we ain't forgetting about that. We getting the NBA team in about the next two years. So it's a lot of sports going on in Vegas, but you ain't going to get none of that unless y'all following me on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram, man, because y'all know I am I got the ear to the streets. I know everything, <laughs> you know. And uh, last but not least, though, uh, Desert Rain, that's our program of Las Vegas. So you may have heard of the Drew Lee. You've seen LeBron and Trey Young and the Jonte Murray, all of them playing in all these programs across the globe, you know, showing off against these regular talented people. Well, Vegas got a program too, and it was called the Desert Rain. And your girl was playing in it. I had the pleasure of playing alongside the UNLV Lady Rebels, like Des uh, Des Desiree. I played with Essence. I played with Sequoia Holmes. See Hop Chelsea Hopkins was there. I mean, it was great. It was it was a great environment. It was a great exposure. Demarcus Cousins pulled up. You know, it, I mean, it, it was just a, a lot of love in the atmosphere. And it's nothing like Vegas sports, y'all. And <laughs> right in the thick of it. So make sure y'all tuning in and following me because we got it all. We got it all. And y'all don't want to miss nothing. Amen. With that being said, make sure you follow Boss Barbie on all her social media platforms. Get all the latest Las Vegas sports uh, updates. We want to thank all of our partners as we are their me media partners with the Las Vegas Aces, Las Vegas Lights, Las Vegas Raiders, and the Las Vegas Golden Knights, and soon to be A's, um, and all of the different teams. And shout out to UNLV, which I I feel that they don't get the the dues that what they deserve. So shout out to UNLV uh, for all the sports that they have. And with that being said, we are moving over to a new segment that started by Miss Brittany Marley, and it's <laughs> called This or That. Right, right. Take it away, Miss Brittany. Before we get into that, Barbie, I have to say, when you first started and you said they got some terrible news, I promise you, I thought you were about to say, they got some terrible players. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I thought it was going. I was already trying to hold in my lap because I was like, whoa. <laughs> Keeping it real, keeping it real. Yeah, that's exactly. I thought that's where we were going. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, all right. The name of the game is this or that. Like Pastor Jay said, all you have to do is I give you two choices, and you just tell me which one you prefer. Very simple. So here we go. Would you prefer, you guys? Everybody's playing today, right? Yep. Okay. Hot coffee or cold? Hot. Cold coffee. Hot. Uh, hot, but I don't drink coffee, so <laughs> I do. I like hot, I don't like cold. <laughs> um, herbal tea or iced tea? Herbal tea, herbal ice, herbal. I can do either one. Um, okay, wake up early or go to sleep late? Go to sleep late all up day, late, up late, early, early, <laughs> go to sleep late, go to sleep late. All right, read a read the book or watch the movie. Watch the movie. 
Read the book. You know the movie don't match Pastor J. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> the the I book has the all the details. Story. Like, so I'm gonna watch the movie. I'll go back for the book for the details for the latest thing. <laughs> no, okay, so listen with the with the book, you're able to vision it yourself. Once I watch the movie, they're telling me what to vision. They're telling me how to imagine it. But once I read the book, I can do my own imagination and let my imagination flow. Like I get chance to tell myself what the vision. I don't have to go off how Pastor Jay visioned what we just said. I vision it myself. So I'd rather read the book. I'd rather tell myself what the vision. I, I'm biased because I'm an author. So I'm always going to say book. Oh, okay. <laughs> you gotta, know what? I think that's what it is, Bob, because I'm an author as well. So yeah. <laughs> got to keep those books published. Yeah, right. exactly, exactly. All right. Um, cook the dinner, cook dinner or do the dishes. Which one? I know some of us do both, <laughs> but. Cook. Dishes. I don't want to kill anybody. <laughs> I'll, I'll cook. I've been put on dish duty because apparently I look frazzled in the kitchen. So, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> all right. In a game of truth or dare, are you the one who would pick truth, or you, do you go for the dare? I do dares all day. Dare, dare, yeah. I'm gonna tell the truth. Don't dare me to do something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, this is that's the one you jumped in the pool. On, on live. Oh, man. That part. That part. And then froze in midair. I know, right? <laughs> it did. It did. Didn't even get to see it. <laughs> All right. The great debate Batman or Superman? Batman. Superman. Yeah. I'm going to say Batman. He ain't had no powers. Batman. Good point. Batman that took down Superman countless times. So I said yeah. that. All right. Uh, just a few more. An escape room or laser tag? Escape room. Laser tag. Yeah, escape room. Escape I'm going to do laser tag because depending on who on my team in the escape room, we can't get out. So. We're just going to sit there and wait for the people to come unlock the door. <laughs> That's a real experience. That really happened to me. We just sat there and we're like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I guess I did something in the escape room where I wasn't supposed to, and I got to the next level. I was like, well, I was just being creative, and they said you broke it. So I'm going to go further because I was missing a piece. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. My, my, son, my son and my husband are very, like, smart so it's, it's if they if they're on my team i'm good we, we'll do that but if not then i'm, I'm like boss probably like who, who's on my team first before i answer that question like right. who do i have to pick that's a group text message of what we're doing you're like uh <laughs> with y'all okay we're doing laser tag because i'm on my own team exactly exactly um okay couples massage or work out together work out yeah work out I can't even elaborate on that, but work out. Okay. I'm going to do a massage because everybody don't work out like me. <laughs> yeah, I'll do a massage. Okay. Yeah. Uh, quickly, this one, toilet paper, over or under? Over. Over. Over, yeah. <laughs> you had to visualize it? Yeah. yeah. I what it was. <laughs> I do not under. <laughs> Mine is under. I, 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 I'm sorry. I didn't hear the men's answers on that. I know some things don't. What did y'all say? Over. I, but it I, used I, to be I, under. I think it's under. I do under now. I used to do over, but now I do under. I think I think I, I, I don't know. 
I used to do under, but then somebody said, well, in the hotels, like they do it over. And they said, that's the proper way. And I thought there's a proper way to have, to, to, well. I heard so. under was the proper way. So oh, I, let like see, I, there we, <laughs> I got the story off of, you know, maybe it was an unclean person that told me, but they were just like, you know, if there's a bug or something and it's under, then you pull it. But if it's over, then it falls. Yeah, it's. That's news to me. <laughs> that's that Alabama stuff. Yeah, that's that <laughs> deep woods. Deep, deep woods. woods that, that woods, Alabama. Don't worry about it. Last two. Um, when you have your cups in the cabinet, do you turn them right side up or are they upside down? Upside down. Yep. Upside down. I think you get more space that way. And this one is not a um, this or that. It's just a question. If you could live in a sitcom, which one would it be? My aunt. Martin. <laughs> my aunt. You want to live in that building in Detroit? It's cold yeah. out there. Take hey. Go hey. ahead. <laughs> you just got to think about that. the sitcom. Actually, no. Actually, I guess I would. I want to change. I want to be in the Jamie Foxx show in L.A. Yeah. I can pass on that. I want to be in my wife and kids because that's one of the best sitcoms of all time. It was good. Mm. I think I'm stuck between um, Blackish and Grownish. Ooh, ain't that the same? Nope, no. Grownish (laughs) is just the college down the street because they always end up at that girl's house that is on Blackish. So it's literally two times. (laughs) That's a girl that's on (laughs) Blackish. I don't know. All American was good too. Now we'll go in All American. That's I love one. All American, but I would I, I still choose Martin. I'm, Martin or Living Single because those are the main two that I could keep watching like over and over mm. and not get tired. <laughs> well, I'm going to show my age here and say WKRP in Cincinnati because I love radio. Oh, okay, <laughs> but that hasn't been on the air since the 1700s. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was there for the Declaration of Independence. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I'm telling you, way back. Well, that was the game. Okay, hold on. Can I switch? I'm sorry. Can I go to just Law and Order? I, I don't know if y'all can see that. Can I go SVU? I can't do it. Doom, doom. Doom, doom, doom. No, I'm, nobody. So, First of all, one. Yeah, Criminal Minds. Yeah, I remember that these sitcoms is the the universe you making. Right. Yeah, CSI, I, know, I don't want to. I don't want to be in that. It's I'm talking just, about a death a lot. So <laughs> your time is not no happy times in a lot of no, none of those CSI Martin. or Law and Order yeah. situations. I want to be. I mean, but you're helping people. Criminal Minds. Come on, man. How I'm you like, know? I, I could work if I could be around. Even Reed the people all day, that was working right. end up. It's, that's like saying I want to be on Dexter. <laughs> hey, prophetess, real quick. Reed okay. was on my flight uh on Wednesday. I'm just Are kidding. you serious? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that on your social media. Man, I gotta tell my son. I gotta tell my son. He was really cool. You know, it was really nice. No, man. So Reed fly spirit. Reed fly spirit, y'all. So that's a great commercial. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm logging out. <laughs> so, I don't know if that's a selling point for me, but I got you. It <laughs> was like everybody about to be on Spirit. They're gonna be on Twitter like Reed Fly Spirit. So I'm on Spirit. 
Come on, spirit. <laughs> my spirit, you can too. Some some crazy like that. That's <laughs> a credible source. If he doesn't complain about it, it's a credible source. I'm good. Yep. I'm yep. just saying. Boss Barry, so, you just got a bonus from spirit. Yay. Right. Spirit's just like, you just made it very marketable right now. <laughs> So with that being said, that was this or that. And um, we're going to go into the interview phase and um, we're going to do a Pastor Jay icebreaker question. Just keep it light and airy. And this will be for Mr. Bob. So, Mr. Bob, if you could choose any place in the world to live, where would you live? Paris. No question. Okay. <laughs> no question. I've never been there, so I shouldn't be uh, speaking out. of. But I, I just love France. I've been to France a couple of times and I've always wanted to get to Paris. Um, but I'm in Chicago. I love Chicago. Um, but outside of Chicago, I would say Paris. Okay. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and reintroduce you to some and reintroduce you to others. <laughs> the Baptist intro. Um, yeah. With that being, I want to just ask where um, is your hometown and where do you reside now? Um my hometown was Hammond, Indiana, which is in the northwest part of Indiana. Um, I live in Chicago right now, so just about 45 minutes north. But I've lived in Chicago since 1985, so this really does feel like home. I, I was born in Indiana, but I really feel at home in Chicago. Amen. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, um, so what got you in, inspired? um into gospel you know it was uh you talk about it's all god um it was uh and i think i was sort of being sort of directed that way even as a kid as a kid so you can imagine growing up in northwest indiana which god love them is probably not the most uh, in, uh liberal area in the world um mm. uh here i was this little blue-haired blonde-haired kid blue blue-eyed blonde-haired kid listening to booker t and the mgs at like the age of six and seven when all my friends were listening to the Beatles and all that, I really liked this music. And, um, and so as I went on in life and, and I kind of sort of liked other kinds of music as well, but I always enjoyed like Booker T and the MGs, Motown, Stax. Um, I started listening to blues and doo-wop and all that, but it wasn't until I was in college. Uh, and I'll never forget January, 1984. I was on looking for something on the radio. I was a music minister at our dorm and I was getting ready for the, the worship service. I just thought I'm going to put the radio on. And I caught a radio broadcast from the Cosmopolitan Church of Prayer Choir in Chicago. And uh, Father Hayes, uh, Jesus will work it out. And I just started listening. And I thought, I, it, it kind of like all the pieces came together. I thought, this is like the origin of everything I like. Um, and so I, I threw a cassette in and recorded as much of the, of the broadcast as I could and played it over and over and over again, never thinking in a million years I would end up meeting Father Hayes and a lot of the members of Cosmopolitan. But that was the start. And then um, later, um, I, I, my late wife was a choir director at Providence St. Mel in, in, in Chicago, and she had uh, she was in charge of the music department, and so the choirs would always, and this, this is the late 90s. Well, no, no, late 80s, late 80s, early 90s they would uh, finish their choir programs always with the latest gospel choir hit of the day. So it could be Kirk Franklin, Orlando Draper, Hezekiah Walker. And then she had a four, uh, four female member acapella gospel uh, quartet uh, that was on television and um, they were excellent. The voices of Providence. 
And so I just sort of got back into listening to the music again and thinking, I, I know zero about this music. I need to teach myself. So I tried to learn as much as I could about it. Um, she passed, my wife passed away in 2000. And at that point, um, I was thinking about doing a radio show with all the gospel music I had, because I thought it makes no, it's doing nobody any good sitting in my closet for me to enjoy. Why don't I share the traditional gospel music, the, the real old gospel? And so I started doing gospel memories uh, in May of 2001 on WLUW. And uh, that was really the start of everything was, you know, finally getting that radio show up and, you know, finding that there were people out there really wanted to hear the music of the 40s and 50s and 60s, the Caravans, Roberta Martin, the Dixie Hummingbirds, James Cleveland. And so that's where it started. I have a question. Yes. So you mentioned Jesus Working Out, which is awesome because like this song has just recently been trending mm -hmm. um, again, which is awesome. But once it comes to choir or quartet, which one? Kind of not like a this or that, but choir a choir a mass choir or quartet you know i i have always been a choir nerd um and mm -hmm. and i not sure i mean i love quartet but if if it comes to a choice between the two i like the choir and i think it's because to me uh that is is really where the soul of the church is that is where you hear everything that's spiritual about the mm -hmm. gospel music uh and so yeah i i think uh, maybe I'm biased because I sort of started in gospel choir with with Cosmopolitan and all, but um, yeah, it's it's a choir for me. Yeah, it brings a different spirit. It seems like the quartet is like good, like it gets you and it entertains you, mm -hmm. um, and it can move you sometimes. But something it's something about a choir, the music, the guitar, the the, the way the drum, you know, it's something about. I was in choir too, so it's just something about a choir. Well, you know, and part of my work has been really to uplift the history of the gospel choir. For the most part, the history of gospel, uh, when it's been written or documented on film, has really tended to go towards the quartet sound mm -hmm. because it influenced rock and roll and, uh, and because a lot of collectors and archivists are into it and, uh, and they don't like choirs or they, they, they're not interested in choirs. They're only interested in the gospel music like quartets or that might influence rock and roll, like Sister Rosetta Tharp or that sort of thing. So I always thought the gospel choirs got short shrift. Like mm -hmm. nobody's paying attention to the choir. So that's always been kind of my side commitment is I want to make sure that the choirs get heard too. Mm -hmm. And I feel like quartet is, is what inspired our now day praise teams. Because yeah. if, if you look at most praise teams, there are about like three four. to four people. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's harmonizing and staying and being able to do a whole song with least people. Mm -hmm. um, and knowing about like choirs, choirs are, are really um, what started most people into music. Um, if you look at a lot of artists, even from secular artists, they always go back to knowing from the Sunshine Band to singing in the mass choir and and having the the first introduction to knowing what is my note, mm -hmm. being a tenor, what is being a soprano, what is supporting each other and knowing about blend, being one voice is so much things. I remember when um, my my old choir I was a part of in California when we went to the house suite, the sound. It was amazing to see how when we went to the house with the sound hosted by uh, Donald Lawrence, 
um, how many choirs there were. And then I, I was, I was young and rebellious because they was telling me to be quiet. And I was <laughs> singing a song and the most amazing thing ever happened at the Oracle arena. We were backstage before everybody were going out. And cause I was just, um, everybody was all quiet and like, I'm like, we're all Christians here. We're all different churches and it's not a competition. This is just, we worshiping. Yeah. I know that there's medals and awards and all that stuff, but we came here to worship God. So I, um, I was just singing, we lift our hands in the sanctuary mm-hmm. and like one by one, it was like a movie one by one of every other choir started joining in until we became one voice, Wow, mm-hmm. which was powerful in, in, in what choirs do, because no matter what church you go to, if you're Kojic, if you're Baptist, when we sing together, we're all on one accord. And I thought that was just the most, I, I always remember that in my heart of um, that experience. It wasn't that the metal, I have that metal on my wall right now, how sweet the sound. It was the worship experience of seeing this is what heaven must sound like. That's right. That yeah. All these people together singing and worshiping God and putting their heart into it. And it's not just your section or your clique, but it's a collective as a body. And I mm-hmm. thought that was just powerful. So. Oh, Choir, choir is the roots because I feel like when you look at hymns, the whole church was part of the choir experience. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every church had its own choir. Every church had its own quartet. Um, and uh, for a long time, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the quartets kind of provided not only uh, a little sort of interstitial music, but on the Saturday nights when the pastors didn't, especially in, I speak of Chicago, when the pastors didn't want members being swayed to go down to the stroll or go down to the club or go down to Club de Lisa on 55th Street, they would have gospel music programs in the church or in the auditoriums. And it would just be one quartet or group or choir after another from like eight in the evening to like two in the morning. Um, it was really an opportunity to provide what they would say, like sort of Christian entertainment as an alternative to making sure that the, uh, the members didn't end up uh, doing or being caught somewhere. Um, even though, uh, truth be told, um, there were yeah, obviously uh, people who did both, but um, mm-hmm. they did an op. They did provide an option. Um, now there is a church in Chicago. That, I don't know if you've heard of the First Church of Deliverance, um, but it was uh, the sort of celebrity church of its era, and uh, it was known in Bronzeville in Chicago at that time. And we're talking the 30s and 40s as almost the, the place to go. Um, so you would. I, honest, so help me God, this is what would happen is people would be out going to the clubs and what have you. 11 o'clock, midnight musical, midnight service. They would go to First Church of Deliverance, go to the musical. 12, it's over. Midnight, back to the clubs. Um, it was that popular. I mean, uh, people would show up like Billie Holiday would have her dog in her purse and she'd be coming in there. And, you know, Preacher Cobbs, he, he would, you know, he was the guy that would say, you know, put your hand on the radio and all these sorts of things. They had listeners in Canada and across the States and the choir would sing these songs. And if you were a songwriter, you wanted that choir to sing your song because it could be heard, mm-hmm. you know, so, so much over the United States that people would want to sing your song. Um, it was part of Bronzeville nightlife um, in a way. Now that mm-hmm. was the exception, but um, certainly in Chicago, and I would imagine a lot of other, well, certainly uh, Los Angeles and New York, the gospel music, quartets, choirs, groups, singers, part of Christian entertainment as well as part of the church service. 
Yeah. I was going to ask the question. Was the Sam Cooke part of that scene as well? Yes, he was. As a matter of fact, Sam started with the Highway QCs, uh, a young group that was sort of the, they call them the Soul Stirrers Juniors because uh, whenever the Soul Stirrers would go on tour, the Highway QCs would take over their spot on radio. Um, eventually, the Soul Stirrers uh, brought in Sam Cooke to replace Rebert Harris, who was like their top singer. He retired. Uh, and so they brought in Sam. And at first, people were like, we don't want any, you know, 20 year old kid replacing Pop Harris until he opened his mouth and sang. And then um, there were women screaming uh, <laughs> sanctification and other kind of screaming. And, <laughs> Cook. Um, and um, it was, you know, he really brought a, a youthfulness into gospel. I mean, at that point, a lot of the quartets were older mm -hmm. um, and singing kind of in an older style. And Sam comes out there and he's like, looks like he's ready for Broadway. And people just fell in love. And to this day, if you ask people who are some of the top singers in gospel music, Sam Cooke's name is going to be somewhere in that list. Mm -hmm. It's phenomenal. We so actually have the Highway you? QCs on the show. So if y'all watching and y'all want to know who the Highway QCs are, mm -hmm. uh, go to yes. our previous show. We had the Highway QCs and oh. they talked about Sam Cooke. So oh. plug in for that. Yep. yep. Wow. Spencer Taylor. So once it comes to nowadays, we're we're seeing you. You spoke about how how rock and how how blues and stuff is had kind of shifted gospel. How do you see the same thing where it's happening now with gospel R and B and gospel rap? You know, it's interesting. Uh, people have asked me about this, um, and I I see a similarity to gospel rap and gospel hip hop in the same way that you would say Thomas A. Dorsey in the 30s in, introduced jazz and blues into, into sacred music. The thing about gospel, which is great about it, is that it always remained relevant. Not, you know, and certainly not without its, its challenges when some of the older folk would say, we don't want this, you know. I mean, Mahalia Jackson, who we would just think of as this sort of iconic gospel, when she was young, she used to do the little holy dance when she sang. And, and pastors made her put a choir robe on and said, we don't want to see this holy hip hop dancing in our church. You know, we don't want this fan dancing in our church. They didn't like her style. They didn't like the sound. They thought it sounded like the club. So, I mean, I, what I hear in Christian hip hop, it, it, it's always a youthful sound. It changes things. So it was Dorsey in the 30s and Andre Crouch and the Hawkins in the 60s and 70s and the Bynans in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Now it's, you know, the artists that are, you know, the Lecrae, the Triplees, Kirk Franklin's who bring a youthful sound. They're always going to people who don't like it. You know, there's, it's mm -hmm. like in the Muppets, you have those two little guys that sit up in the, the rafter and complain all the time. There's always going to be those in gospel say, oh, I don't like that kind of, you know, in 25 years, the music of Corin Hawthorne and Jonathan McReynolds and all, they're going to say that's oldies, that's traditional because it always changes. Um, <laughs> it's gonna happen. That's how they, that's how it works. That is how it works. Well, you know, I remember when John P. Key was brand new, and people were like, you know, is this guy serious? And now that now he's like our founder, our leader, our pioneer, John P. Key. I thought, oh wow, you know, once Kirk Franklin came on the scene. So it was. Well, you know, what's so crazy about what you're saying with that because it's just like it seems like every time there's an elder in gospel. Mm -hmm. There's low key shade and hate on the next generation. Oh, absolutely! Like always, and is. and it, it it's crazy 
to me. And I don't even like using the word crazy, but it is crazy to me to see how like the the John P. Key and the Kirk Franklins and the Hezekiah and even Donnie McClurkin will see something of a different way or use, but then don't remember how they were received by their older generation from the James Cleveland's and the Walt Hawkins and how they looked at them like, what y'all doing? Like it, mm-hmm. it was, it's the same. It's like, how can we stop that cycle? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like a toxic cycle of mm-hmm. like not accepting the next generation. It's, it's, it's kind of like a pastor that don't want to pass the mantle. Uh, in, in well, a- I'm missing something. I thought Kirk Franklin was always from what I've seen accepting. And as he always says, passing the baton off, or, off to the newer generation. Is that, am I missing something? Well, I, I feel like in, in some ways, but mm-hmm. not as a, as a collective as how he would want, um, want want it because i don't feel like it is a full acceptance because when it comes down to it now it's christian hip-hop versus gospel mm-hmm. even though they're all talking about gospel but it's not to a point where it's a is a like a welcoming a welcoming situation like it's is this or that because what opened this conversation and i would love bob's in, interjection on this is that when kanye took the whole gospel charts you saw oh, yeah. a whole different way of how people were saying oh this is not fair this is not it this ain't the gospel this is this and that right but it it didn't show it showed first of all one thing is that we don't have enough categories and Mm -hmm. for a charting purposes we it's kind of like we're boxed because i could tell you right now if 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 hillsong and gospel right now and if someone from hillsong just blew up it would dominate the gospel charts too Mm -hmm. Because it's all like about maverick music is exactly, mm-hmm. and yep. so it, it and and it's not even there's so many breakdown because there's Christian reggae, there's Christian EDM, there's Christian so Neo many song. genres, but they're they're not recognized. You have to be branched into oh I'm a gospel or mm-hmm. I'm 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 a CCM, and it's not a lot of welcoming when it comes down to stuff that they feel like is different. No, or, in fact, the the yeah, the CCM charts. They tend to sell more than gospel. So gospel, well, so what happened, you know, Kanye West, I mean, he was able to dominate because there were so many Kanye West fans. Um, the same thing would happen if Beyonce made a gospel album. Same thing would happen there. It would just dominate. Um, but then there are artists like uh, Maverick City Music and some of the Hillsong who see we can be on both charts. And they know that in terms of financial, now that the gospel music community, it's always been small money compared to other genres, but Mm-hmm. Um, still in all, they will see, okay, if we can be on the gospel charts and the CCM charts at the same time, um, financially, that's a good idea. Um, whether or not musically or um, artistically, it's a great idea. You know, it all depends on on what the music is. It's all about the song anyway. Um, and so, and, and I think songwriters are always needed in, in music to, to just keep pushing the, the envelopes. But uh, yeah, I mean... Um, at this point in time, there's a, a very much of a of a mixture of this sort of CCM and gospel sound. And because they can make both charts, they're going to be more popular. Therefore, they're going to be more out there than, say, a Shirley Caesar or somebody who's even a little bit more traditional. Um, uh, you know, but Jonathan McReynolds is a good example. He kind of keeps it in the guy, I mean, he's different than CCM, very clear. He's, he's got roots there, and there's some sound that 
comes from that, but he's definitely gospel. He's sort of have his own thing going on. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, however, I always think somebody is going to change. We are ready for a, a superstar in gospel. Um, no disrespect to anybody who's on the charts. We, we don't have a Kirk Franklin coming up yet at that level. There are very many popular and successful artists, but there's not that James Cleveland, that Kirk Franklin, you know, that Caravans, the Albertinas, the Shirley, somebody, it's going to happen soon. And that will, you'll see a little boomerang effect where suddenly it'll be cool to be mm. traditional, to have that sort of 80s sound that sort of, you know, going back to like uh, workshop choirs and all that. They might come back. If Fantasia would just flip it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It would be her. It would be the one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, Andrea Johnson has Fantasia. a good voice for that. Yeah, but Fantasia, absolutely. Um, God bless her if Whitney Houston were still alive and made a gospel album, would have totally wiped it out. Um, it just I actually good. heard that Shaka Khan got a gospel album. I wish it would come out. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Really? Yeah, wow. you know, it's, um, it's going to happen. I, I really think if you look at pop music, what is old is new again. And so you're starting hearing pop music, some of these old 60s and 70s sounds. And I think gospel, but it has to be the right person, it has to be the right songs, and it has to be the right ministry, because there is nothing like a gospel audience to tell if somebody's authentic or not. Mm -hmm. um, it is like, if you are not authentic, if you're just doing it to do it, the congregation will, 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 will expose you. I'd be yeah. very polite about it, but you're not trying to get to the levels, you know. <laughs> well, and I think that's one thing that a lot of people are seeing too, because um, your ministry shows based off of how you are. Mm -hmm. And it's sad to say that I've been around in the industry probably small compared to you, Mr. Bob, but you've probably seen it. There's a lot of Christian artists that don't even go to church. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's just like, but your, your life. And your, your ministry of what you're singing is not matching, which, mm -hmm. and I think that's something that is being seen. And then there's some, there's people that, um, that I've seen as independent artists are great. They're, they, they have the, they have the sound, they have all this, but then there comes down to not knowing the business or mm -hmm. there, or that people just don't like them. Uh, let's be real out there. Mm -hmm. There's radio announcers and things like that, that they don't like them and they will not support them. So it's just kind of like, it's so many aspects and when it comes down to gospel music where that's why we still see hear the same names even though they've been in the game for 30 40 20 years we see the same names and you don't see that that new person which i would love to hear that new person that you're talking about bob to be able to bring it back but i think as a collective it would have to be as a full collective of everybody accepting it and it would be such a a tedious task to be able to reach everybody because I feel like, especially after pa uh, post pandemic that the, the body of Christ has been fractured mm -hmm. and to have somebody to be able to bridge the gap. And, and, and with, with, with me speaking it out loud, I'm seeing that God made that on purpose because there's be someone that would bridge the gap. Like what you're saying, that would be able to bring it back to being cool again, instead of having to put, or or even leave the genre because I encourage anybody that's listening. Anybody that's listening, don't leave. 
because God has a purpose for you. Because there's a lot of people leaving. They're going to regular hip hop. They're going to re regular R&B. And mm -hmm. the reason why, and I, I understand, is because uh, on the Christian genre, they're not so nice. I understand that. There's a lot yeah. of times where a lot of artists, indie artists, they, they go through the woes. But mm -hmm. I'm telling you, if you're not doing it for people, you're doing it for God. That's right. And, and Pastor Jay, to your point, some of those artists, I think, are the ones that are in, independent right now. Um, I mean, I've been to some of those independent efforts and you'll, you'll see some folks who probably will always stay regional or local. They've that's their talent, but then there are others who think, why are you not being given the attention? But part of it is, you know, there are that are very few record labels right now, uh, that focus on gospel. So a lot of it's independent, which means you're fighting with everybody for attention. Um, and that, that, that talent is out there as Reverend James Cleveland used to say, some of the best singers are in the, in the congregation not up here on the pulpit mm -hmm. so um it will happen it, it but you're right it, it's um you hear so many of the independent artists particularly will say how easy it is to give up and you know they're disappointed every single every other day they're disappointed but they keep at it um and and there are some wonderful voices and some really wonderful people out there that i think will be able to perhaps be one of those that will take it over again. But it, yeah, they've got to be serious about it. That's the thing is it changes your life. If you want to be a national artist, it changes your life. And they have to be ready for the fact that they'll be traveling, they'll be recording, they may not be home, they're going to be on long hours, you know, missing their family. It's a it's a big sacrifice. Hey, Amen. With that being said, let, let, let's talk about your, uh, your book. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, tell us a little bit about your book and what inspired your book. Sure. Yeah. My latest book, Peace Be Still, is is the uh, history of a recording. It's a history of the James Cleveland and Angelic uh, Choir recording from 1963 mm. that gave us Peace Be Still. Um, it was uh, a song that was in the hymn book for a long time. It was written in the 19th century, um, but had never really been given a lot of exposure through recording. Um, and I think what struck me about that that and why I wanted to write that book was because, uh, well, first of all, um, I had a, I had a dream that I was at that recording session and I was literally there with, and it was Reverend Cleveland was at the piano and I'm talking to Reverend Cleveland and I'm saying, you know, it's, this is going to be one of the biggest albums of all time. And Reverend Cleveland looked at me in the dream and said, don't you put that kind of pressure on me today. <laughs> um, but it, it, it struck me that here was a recording that was just, you know, Reverend Cleveland and, you know, a, a church choir, you know, Jim and Jerry and Gene from up the street and down the street. And yet they sold when it, if, if you were a gospel artist with a 50,000 sales of an album, that was pretty, pretty decent. They sold 800,000 copies of that. Yeah. And why was that? Um, I always thought it had something to do with the times in which it was recorded because it was recorded in, in 1963 was a, a terrible year in terms of civil rights things that happening. In fact, it was recorded four days after the Birmingham bombing that killed those four young girls. And I always thought, did this have any bearing on it? And when I had a chance to meet the members of the, the, the surviving left remaining members of the angelic choir, they said, no, it had nothing to do with that it had everything to do with their own lives. And what struck me about why Peace Be Still was so successful was because it wasn't just about a movement. It was about, it was about life and it was about emerging victorious using that 
biblical story about Jesus calming the waves and uh, saving the disciples and himself from a devastating storm. People saw the the uh, metaphor in that as a not just that we were saved, but we were uh, victorious over the storm. It wasn't yeah. just that. Thank goodness we made it through. We we made it through and we beat the storm, and um, and so the whole book is basically the history of James Cleveland and that the, the choir and how that came about. History of live recordings and just you know talking with the choir and how it all came together. Uh, it became. Um, it was uh, listed as one of the top albums uh, in the national, it was the uh, Library of Congress National Re Historic Registry, got a Grammy, uh, a spot on the Grammy. It didn't win a Grammy award, but it's got like a Grammy uh, award of some sort, uh, mm -hmm. an honorary. And, uh, and people still remember to this day. So, but there was so little known about it. I mean, we didn't know who was playing piano, who was the organ, who was the drummer, you know, uh, who was a little young woman who sang, I had a talk with God last night. All mm -hmm. this stuff was unknown. So I just wanted to put it together and, and highlight all of this and try to bring it to the, the, the current days to say that this still is a timeless song. Yeah. So that, so that was that was what kind of brought it all together. Wow. Yeah, I love your passion for it. Like, because who would do that? Who would Who would do that deep dive and write a book about it? Who would do that? Well, you In know, your dream, yeah, that's no, like Holy Spirit led for real. That's exactly right. Somebody said I was commissioned because I wasn't intending on writing it. I was just doing a radio show to celebrate. At that time, it was the, uh, I think it was the 50th anniversary of the recording. Mm -hmm. So I did that on my radio show and I just really wasn't thinking about doing, I had just finished A City Called Heaven, which was about the his, the birth of gospel music in Chicago. Mm -hmm. I actually wasn't even done with it. I mean, I had finished my part, but it wasn't published yet. Um, and I, I, I just, it was that dream. And then I talked to Reverend Stephanie Minity in, in, uh, in Newark, whose mother was in the choir, who knew Reverend Roberts, who knew Reverend Cleveland, um, and put me in touch with people that were still alive. And just to meet them and see that they were, gen they were there were no stars. It was just, they said, we're just regular people, no stars. Mm -hmm. They just got up there. They did that recording because they were raising money to build a new church. That was the end of that. But what happened was uh, it was such an unusual song and it struck people so much in terms of the, the story, the message that the gospel announcers really made it happen. And then suddenly it was a world, it was a national hit. Um, but um, yeah, I, they couldn't have planned it better than they, they just let it happen. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, that and that just led to the, the I did the uh, the, the uh, King of Gospel Music James Cleveland uh, four CD package that got a Grammy nomination back in March. It was uh, for um, it was basically James Cleveland's life story with the music and and the way he approaches music. So we did that with Malico Music Group, and that came out of Peace Be Still because when I was at uh, Malico working on uh, the Gospel According to Malico, which was another box set that we got a Grammy nomination for. I, I said to Tommy Couch Sr., who's the co-founder of Malico, about my working on Peace Be Still, and they own the rights to it because they have the Savoy Records catalog. And he said, well, wouldn't it be interesting to do a, a box set on James Cleveland? So that's what we did. But let me tell you what I found when I went to the Grammy Awards this year. I would Somebody would say, Oh, what are you up for? I said, you know, you know, Grammy nomination for best album notes. Well, what did you write on? 
James Cleveland, blank stare. Yeah. Who's who's James Cleveland? And I just want to say, are, are you for real? So I eventually got to the point where I said, so did you see the uh, Aretha Franklin Amazing Grace movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the gentleman that was directing the choir and playing the piano? Yeah, that's him. That's James Cleveland. Mm -hmm. They had no idea of his his accomplishments beyond that out that movie. Mm. Wow. Sound like James Cleveland need a movie. He does. Right. <laughs> he really does. He does. Get on that, Bob. Get on it. I'm telling you. I'm not right. Well, you know, I got a chance to talk with his uh, his sister. Uh, there's he has a sister and brother still alive. Um, mm -hmm. He was from Chicago and grew up in on the South Side, and uh, was just um, he was so uh, he was so much wanting to be in gospel music. He missed no opportunity to promote himself. And wow. then when he got to where he was, he started to promote others. Mm -hmm. And um, but yeah, you know, every every passing year, less and less people know who he was. And I'm with I literally had, yeah, isn't it is it sad? You know, and it's you know, just what it is. I, I had somebody say, So what's a peace be still and who's James Cleveland? And I wanted to say, Okay, wait, <laughs> where have you been hiding? So we was one of the this or that questions was the book or a movie. You already wrote the book, and I'm kind of with Brittany. Like, why not turn the book into a movie? Well, um, there is a, a. This is not known for sure, but there was a little bit of movement afoot on that. Okay. Um, uh, the book ended up in the hands of somebody who could probably do that. Whether it will happen or not uh, is is to be seen. But mm -hmm. uh, but certainly with peace be still, um, it yeah. <laughs> Um, it, it literally changed the way gospel records are made. So now these days, so many recordings are live. Yeah. They really weren't before 1961 and 62 when James and the angelic choir first started doing that. There were a few mm -hmm. but because it was, it became so popular that suddenly a live recording was the way to do it. It makes sense. I mean, it's a live music. Yeah. So, yeah, groups hated be in the studio and have them finish a song and say, OK, be quiet for five seconds, you know, so we could shut the tape down. It kind yeah. of hurt the spirit. Yeah. Listen, Bob, we want a movie and Anointed Radio wants to um, interview the cast. Yeah, right, right, right. right. I want to be in it. I was going to say, I'm, I'm thinking maybe <laughs> the three of you ought to be in the movie. <laughs> hey, I'll, be, I'll gladly be an extra. I know. Hey, I don't have to have any lines. I, I like I like the, the, the name, the Peace Be Still. That would be great. That would be just like uh, Get Up for James Brown. Yeah. But yeah. Peace yeah. Be Still, the James Cleveland story. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm speaking into existence out there. I need I'm touching and agreeing. Man, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I. Um, <laughs> it's a great story. It's you know it shows the power of gospel music on people's mm -hmm. lives, uh, on the what how the musicians and artists and the singers how it impacted them, and then how it impacted others. And I I don't know for a fact, but I suspect that a lot of people did feel a sense listening to the album. Yeah. in the late six, late 1963, that the things that were happening in the civil rights movement did strike them as listeners. And then President Kennedy's assassination happened two months later. There was a lot of turmoil. And I wouldn't be surprised if others who weren't part of the choir or part of the recording said, yeah, I listened to that song and it just helped me get through. Mm -hmm. You know, every single day, every single indignity of every day uh, that doesn't make the news, that, that album, that record helped me get through. 
And and then you had a documentary that you were part of as well. Yes, two actually. There was um, one called the history, the story of gospel. It was uh, the story of how Thomas Dorsey started gospel music here in Chicago, really kind of popularized the modern gospel mo movement. It was on PBS. Um, I was interviewed for that. Uh, and then there was, a, a to the comment about quartets, there was a documentary done by Robert Clem called How They Got Over, uh, which kind of documented the stories of the quartets and what they had to go through back in the Jim Crow era uh, as musicians on the road, as artists on the road, and how they navigated that and brought the music and how that music uh, inspired American popular music, whether it be soul, R&B, uh, rock and roll. So, you know, people like Sam Cooke, Lou Rawls, um, Johnny Taylor, all these artists who started in gospel and brought that sound, Wilson Pickett, all these artists that came into pop music and, uh, uh, you know, people like Spencer Taylor Jr., who's still around, um, was interviewed, Ira Tucker, but just telling the, the, the honest story about how hard it was uh, to be traveling, you know, to be stopped on the road in the middle of the night by some, you know, Southern uh, police officer that didn't believe they were a singing group and make them get out of their car and sing, uh, would uh, maybe take their money, uh, you know, say, oh, we're charging you with a broken taillight or something and make them go to the judge and charge them or put them in jail just because they didn't like that there were five black males in a car driving through wherever it was mm -hmm. um, or the money they didn't get when they got to the program that they got to the program and the, the promoter ran off with the money um, or just things like that, that would happen, uh, you know, in, in real serious things where they were, their lives were in fact threatened all of these paving the way uh, knowing that they couldn't stay in the hotels. They couldn't eat in the restaurants, the number of artists who developed severe kidney problems as a result of not, being able to stop at a restroom on the road because they knew if they went there, there could be trouble. Um, you know, so, and then they had, you know, some stories too that were more lighthearted of just things that happened on the road, but um, in car accidents and things that just back in those days. So it was really, uh, and, and um, it was, it was uh, broadcast on Turner classic movies this summer. So that was very cool for them because they'd been running it around the various um, uh, film festivals and so forth. And so that gave them a national platform. So that was very cool to see. But I, I, I wasn't, I was an interviewee. I was just, I, I wasn't part of the, uh, the group uh, producing it. Yeah. Just, I got a quick question. Quick question. It, 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 can I ask one more? Oh, go ahead. So, so you mentioned um, Johnny Taylor, right? And before he died, he did Soul Heaven. Mm-hmm. In the Baptist church, how they say, in my sanctified mind, in my sanctified imagination, with all the gospel legends that have went on, off the top of your head, what do you see the, I'm going to say, soul heaven looking like with the different, God, who's singing what song right now in heaven? Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, well, first of all, I can see... Uh, uh, Roberta Martin sing What a Friend I Have in Jesus. Um, Roberta Martin, probably a very uh, underrepresented artist in gospel music because she died in 69. But yet, anytime you hear that dum, ba -ba -dum bum, ba -ba -ba -bum, in gospel, that's all Roberta Martin. Um, I would say James Cleveland is probably singing Lord, Do It For Me. <laughs> uh, uh, Sam Cooke is probably singing... Uh, uh, that's heaven to me. I guess that would make sense that he would be singing that one. <laughs> uh, and then I'm thinking, I'm thinking Albertina Walker. Actually, 
Albertina Walker and Ina's Andrews are probably up there doing uh, Mary, Don't You Weep. Me, my yeah. favorite. Yeah, yeah. And, and Ina's is doing her, you know, looking around. Looking <laughs> <for Mary. laughs> I'm telling you, that makes me think, gee, can't wait to get there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave us, Bob. Yeah, yeah. You still owe us a movie. You can't go nowhere. Exactly. Got to get that movie started. Um, But yeah, oh my gosh, some of the best singers are there. Um, There are some mighty, mighty singers. Back in the days when people said you could show up at a program and your overalls from work, and some of those quartets could outsing everybody in the in the uniforms. They're just so good. uh, there, yeah, Ernestine Washington and Emily Bram. These ladies had voices that could pierce the ozone layer. So mm-hmm. you know, you know, they're up there singing. Yeah, Mahalia is just, you know, what Mahalia's doing is Mahalia is probably singing, but then she's like collecting money for some kind of raffle or something. She's trying to get a, <laughs> trying to get a new organ for 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 heaven. <laughs> that would be her style. We need a new organ for for heaven. I love quartet, but I love the choir too. I love them both, but it's something like I said, something about the choir. I see Lee Williams up there. Oh, don't. My feelings were hurt. Hurt. Who is such <laughs> a so many people man. that learned, the, learned Bible st- stories off of Lee Williams? They didn't they didn't know none of those stories. Like, oh, what is that? He, that's in the Bible. Let me go read this story. <laughs> yeah, I love my dad put me on Lee Williams. My dad got to meet him and Lee invited him to sit down and eat because um, my dad uh, does trucking and demolition. So he stopped at a hotel. They were staying at the same hotel and Lee was eating breakfast. And my dad walked up to him and said, anybody ever tell you you look like Lee Williams? And so Lee said, uh, I get that a lot. And so when he spoke, my dad knew who it was. And oh. so he said, sit down and eat breakfast with me, young man. And they talked about his trucking life. I mean, feelings hurt. Oh, <laughs> when he, wow. when I heard he was sick and they kept posting him on YouTube, I couldn't watch yeah. it. It was just. Man, I'm telying you, he was standing at one spot. He did not move. Didn't move. He didn't one... have to. I've seen him at concert twice. <laughs> I was hurt yeah. after Rance Allen. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh man, that was the and, and Rance, Rance Allen. I had in the early years of Anointed Radio, I was trying to get an interview with Rance mm-hmm. Allen, and it just never happened. So when he passed, I said, "No!" Like I was devastated. Uh, so, but, Pastor Jay, what what is Rance Allen in heaven singing right now? Something about the name G. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try to do the other part. But yeah, that, that song brought me over. I just want you to know, I wasn't even saved, and I knew that song. If they put that on, that was one gospel song um, as a kid that I would listen to constantly. I think even the most unsaved people knew mm-hmm. something about the name Jesus because that song just hit. Mm-hmm. Even and I could and I could t- I could testify to it because even the most hoodest unsaved person when they have trouble the first thing they say is oh jesus oh jesus mm-hmm. so there is something about the name jesus i'm just telling you it was it was a seed but with that being said it's about that time and i want to thank mr bob for coming on you gave us so much knowledge and uh, i really appreciate all of the things that you're doing, because I know a lot of things that you've done, you've had to put a lot of effort in time into it that you couldn't get back. And 
we appreciate it because you taught me a whole lot just today and you've you've definitely been on the plow for, <laughs> for for gospel music as a whole and you're a great person um i definitely enjoyed spending time with you at the gospel rhythm and uh rhythm and gospel yeah. in, in, in jacksonville that was yeah. a fun time yeah. so i said i had to get you on the show yeah. i was like we've been facebook friends for too yeah. long you have to get on the show so I just want to definitely say thank you on um, behalf of Anointed Radio and that um, everything that you do, let us know. We'll definitely promote it and put it out there on our platforms. And um, thank you for spending your time because that's one thing that you can't get back is time. And I appreciate you spending that time with us today. Oh, my pleasure, Pastor Jay. Thank you for having me. This is uh, one of the most fun shows I've been on. This is oh, just yeah. really fun. So uh <laughs> Brittany, Prophetess Tish, Pastor Jay. Um, I know we lost uh, Boss Barbie there for a second, but um, thank you all for being with us. Yeah, I'm, I, I always say I'll, I'll keep working until the Lord gives me my honorable discharge. So in the Amen. meantime, I am here to continue with the music because there's so many stories yet to tell uh, and, uh, and new artists and current artists to hear their music and review and think about. And so keep doing what you're doing because uh, everybody needs all of what we do. Amen. Amen. And, with, and with that being said, pay some bills right now and just tell everybody that it's about that time. And if you did not know, now you know we are about to close, but it doesn't have to end for you. You can be able to check us out on the podcast platform. On our podcast platform, we're on every podcast platform, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Music. We just added IMDb. Right. Yes, we're on IMDB. We're we're in Africa. We're in the Middle East. We're everywhere but title because Jay Z be hating. Yep, I sent a new email. Jay Z be hating because I ain't on title yet. But once I'm on title, then we'll collect the last, you know, Infinity Stone to be able to be on all podcast platforms. Um, but you can. Go on to podcast platform and check us out on Spotify. You can now watch the whole video like how you do on YouTube um, of the show. So if you miss part of the show, you can come back. Don't worry. It will be on the podcast platform. And make sure you don't uh, uh, don't wait until 2024 to have, you know, the antennas disappearing because antennas disappearing. So with that being said, download the anointed radio app and on your on your car play. If it's Google or Apple, you can still listen to 24-Hour Gospel with Anointed Radio on the Anointed Radio app and have it uninterrupted, no commercials. So make sure you download the Anointed Radio app. And if you want to be a blessing to Anointed Radio, you can go to the Cash app. Uh, there's power in the Cash app. Hey, And put dollar sign Anointed Radio Network and be able to put a donation for Anointed Radio to be able to help us out, be able to grow, be able to do great things in the organization, to be able to bring these great interviews and music to you. So with that being said, stay blessed, stay safe, wash your hands because monkeypox is out there. All my Vegas people, make sure that you if you see a flood, don't go through it because you don't know how deep it is. The flood can take your car. So be safe in monsoon season. Drive around and just know that God has a purpose for you. So with that being said, much love and chicken grease and goodbye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. We it, it, It's about that time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, y'all.
Uh-huh.